0: Hello and welcome to BB On The Record, this podcast from British Bandsmen. I'm Mark Good, editor of British Bandsmen, and it's great to have you on board. Look around the international banding community and you'll see huge variations in what bands are and aren't allowed to do as they follow guidance relating to the Covid-19 pandemic from their respective governments. Even across the UK the picture is pretty mixed – There's a feeling among some bands in England of taking one step forward and two steps back. Some had started to rehearse in bigger numbers again, only for the Rule of Six to plunge this activity into doubt. Brass Bands England has been offering support and guidance to member bands throughout the pandemic, so who better to speak to than the organisation's partnership and development manager, Alex Parker, who's been right across the issue, and someone who is no stranger to the pages of British bandsmen these days for being in them and once upon a time for writing them, BBE CEO Kenny Crookston. Later, they'll look ahead to BBE's upcoming Brass Band Conference, which this year takes place online. But first, a question to Alex Parker. Just what are bands in England allowed to do? We've had uh, word from the
1: DCMS that they're updating their guidelines, uh, which is going to specifically make sure that people are aware that when rehearsing you're you don't have to follow the rule of six so you can have a larger group playing and rehearsing together uh which is which is great news for those but we're what we are making very clear is that not everybody will want to get back to rehearsing yet uh so make sure that bands are are listening to their members as as, as to what they want to do um but within the law rehearsing is now uh allowed again uh, and we, we we do have an, an explicit uh, clearance around the r- rule of six now what that explicit rule does have is an additional requirement to make sure that people are not mingling uh, to use the very technical word that's in the in the guidance uh, in groups of six either before they arrive or when they when they leave or during breaks uh, and that also applies to anyone arriving late or leaving early so it is fine to go and have a rehearsal, but you do need to make sure that you're following the risk assessments that you'll need to have written uh, and those additional steps uh, for, for, for making sure people don't mingle as they leave. And what that really means is informal talking, accidentally coming together um, as, as sort of closer groups. So, as long as you can maintain that, that social distancing when your band is practicing, you're good to go.
0: I'm sure so many bands will be absolutely delighted to hear this news and they'll be able to start resuming some of the momentum they had created before the Rule of Six came in and there was understandably some uncertainty. So what you're saying is, Alex, that it's not only during the rehearsal that bands have to be very, very careful and considerate, it's also the bits before and after.
1: Yeah, so it's it's about when, how, how people arrive in your venue, how people leave. So that that will include making sure that when people arrive uh if you're doing some some question checks and health checks as people come in maybe you've got some markers to make sure people stay spaced out outside the venue while they're waiting to come in uh when you finish rehearsals it might be sensible to let one section leave first and 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 slowly let people leave just to make sure that there's not a build-up of people outside uh and and so inadvertently you come over that rule of six uh, as as people arrive or leave, um, but otherwise the, the the risk assessments that BBE have produced that bands are f- able to get for free, we've we've made all our COVID advice uh, freely available to everyone because we feel it's so important at the moment. Uh, it's all there on the BBE website, and you can go and pick those up. Um, and as I speak to you, those haven't been updated to reflect today's guidance, but the vast majority of the risk assessment is exactly the same as it was before, just with those additional measures needed. As people arrive and as people leave and for if you have breaks.
0: Kenny, I know it's maybe easy for those of us who are immersed in this world to forget the bigger picture at times. We are in the midst of a global pandemic, clearly there have been other pressing issues for governments to deal with and community or non-professional music making probably hasn't been at the top of that list. Now, though, we have some clarity from the Department for Digital, Culture, Media and Sport, but is there an element of frustration that other areas of society have been taking steps forward while groups like bands have been unable to progress nearly as quickly?
2: I think there's a, a, a lot of wider points in there, Mark. You know, Obviously, we are extremely keen that um, people can get back to playing uh, together. Uh, as normally as possible but we have to emphasize that it has to be done as safely as possible as well Um, and and there are so many doubts and unanswered questions and and, and the wider um, COVID uh, crisis that that really are just out of our hands Um, so while we would love to be able to say yeah go back and do your banding (laughs) tomorrow Um, unfortunately we're just a long way away from that it seems at the moment Um, is it fair? Nothing's fair in this um, COVID crisis I'm afraid. But, um, you know, we're working as hard as we can. I mean, the people in Brass Banding um, are are very fortunate to have people like Alex and and, and these colleagues at BBE as well, um, who have now got close contacts within government agencies like the uh, DCMS that we just simply would never have had before. uh, you, you know, being able to kind of present some potential solutions to them in a, in a very kind of organised way has has given us access to them. So, um, we're hopeful that we can make as much impact as we can. But this is uh, this is going to be a problem for for quite a while, I think.
0: Alex, we've now been in the midst of this pandemic for several months, from the onset of the strict lockdown to whatever it is that we're facing now. Recap, if you would, some of the ways in which BBE has been offering help and support to its member bands.
1: Well, I, I, th- I think the, the, the first thing that's worth saying that, that we at BBE have absolutely focused on making sure that we've looked after people in the banding community. We will be nothing at the end of this if, we, if we've not come out of it with, with a community still uh, still there and still healthy and still able to play. So the, the the lockdown began really before the official lockdown for Brass Bands, where it became very clear that playing in, a, in something that was a hobby in the midst of the real big spike that happened in, in mid-March was, was something that we needed to be avoided, at least until we, we could understand what was going on and, and what impact that was going to make. So we had to make the very difficult call uh before to 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 start cancelling events before the uk government had um asked people to to lock down and cancel events and and that included calling for for some of the area competitions not to happen and i'll tell you what i never ever thought i would be calling for people not to go to a brass band event whilst i worked for brass bands england it's uh it's something that was completely alien but we did it at the same time as cancelling the youth championships which which i organize and that had really been a year-long project for me to to come together, and I had to cancel it with two weeks' notice, um, and uh, it, it took me to tears to, to to have to do that. So once the once the official lockdown had kicked back in, we were actually in a, a period where it was it was relatively straightforward for bands to know what to do. They they weren't able to rehearse. Um, but we really then quite quickly started to see that creativity come back into things. We, we had bands doing different activities, whether that was um, uh, a quiz or a taskmaster competition or creating social videos, so social isolation videos that, that Corey were the, the band that really caught, caught people's attention with doing that early on. Um, then as things progressed, we were able to play in smaller groups of six Um, when when, uh, in England, the regulations allowed groups of six in people's back gardens. And we started to see a few groups um, have those rehearsals. And then just after that, the DCMS published their first uh, piece of advice for the performing arts. And that that really was a document laid out for professionals, how they should manage that, how they should go to work. Um, But sadly, at that point, they also added in that people playing wind brass and singing shouldn't engage in, in activity at all um, and that was because of there being some perceived additional risks uh, from the production of aerosols in those activities. Um, so what what we did at that point was look at how, how do we convince the policymakers that what we do is no more dangerous than anything else that's going on and I, and I, and I, I use the phrase no more dangerous particularly because I think nothing at the moment can be perceived safe as as long as you're coming into contact with somebody else there's there's always a risk that that person could have a virus or the covid virus um, and that that will that will always be there so by doing this research we were able to show that that what we do isn't any more risky than doing something like sporting activity Um, and so that that eventually led to the DCMS changing the guidance. Um, alongside other people's research, not not just ours, but ours was part of that that, that decision-making process, and we were involved in meetings with their scientific teams, um, and that that meant that bands were able to rehearse as as other groups were. That guidance allowed organisations like such as charities like many brass bands are, um, as well as as well as businesses and venues to start to host rehearsals. So that's when we were able to have rehearsals in. In theoretically unlimited group sizes, although the limit comes in in how you can make sure you're socially distancing, uh, along with other things. So bands were required to do risk assessments, uh, as well as making sure that they complied with those COVID secure uh, requirements.
0: Although there has been quite a lot that bands haven't been able to do recently, as you've touched on there, for example, with some of the creative videos we've seen online, there has been quite a lot they have been able to do, albeit turning their hands to some different skills. What have you made of the way that bands people have engaged with some of the advice and support BBE has offered? I'm thinking, for example, of the regular webinar sessions which had been taking place.
1: Well, so we, we've been doing things, uh, so almost the, the first couple of weeks of lockdown, we, we started our, our weekly webinar on a, on a Thursday evening, um, and that, that, that was our way of saying, right, the, this is going to really affect bands. What can we do to keep people interested in their hobby, keep people engaged? So we, are, we, um, we asked people like Philip Harper, David Thornton, to come and run sessions on things that interest them what what other the messages that they would like people to to listen to and react to um, and and we 'll take it from there um, so we 'll be able to 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 look at those and then from there we've we 've started to diversify so we we 're not doing them on every Thursday religiously because bands themselves have started to become brilliantly creative and and do their own things so Uh, initially we did Thursday nights because that was a a a regular band night for people so we thought we'd be able to capture that attention but we also don't want to take away from people engaging with their own bands so we now do sessions on different nights of the week we've managed to reintroduce our band safe training and we've we've put into that some specific sections on how to manage teaching online uh, because that that really matters to people Uh, and then We've also been able to develop for bands some example risk assessments for them to use in in restarting activity which they can find on our website as well as some posters that they can use like a decision tree for how they fit within the structure um, as well as how we're able to uh, what things they might need to think about when they're social distancing such as uh, we've got a graphic that shows that uh, a trombone in seventh position is just about the right distance for separating people so if you're in the band room make sure you don't get within a trombone's distance.
0: Kenny finally on this topic dare we speculate about how the coming months might look are we talking Christmas being cancelled for bands of course it is one of the most important times of the year then we're into 2021 and the regional contests are just around the corner are you able to say how you see the next few months shaping up?
2: I'd love to be staring at a crystal ball right now, Mark. um, But I'm afraid nobody's got one, um, or it doesn't seem like they do anyway. I mean, Christmas is an incredibly important time for brass bands. You know, it's one of the times that we really do get a chance to connect with the community. It's a really important fundraising time for a lot of bands as well. Um, We do have uh, an an initiative that's going to coming up very soon. That will um, help a lot of bands. You know, every band in the country that chooses to get involved, actually, um, and when I say the country, I mean the whole of the UK. Um, we have an initiative that's going to be announced at the weekend that that um, that will uh, allow every band to be to be better off, hopefully, through Christmas than they may have been otherwise. But I think um, the big challenge for for bands and events really we're looking at next year um, before there's any likelihood of anything kind of collective happening. You know, I'd love to see it being possible for the Butlins event to go up, to go ahead. They, they've actually really tried extremely hard to get um, things moving this year and, and made some vital changes that have been really successful. Actually, in pulling in a lot of new bands into their into their contest, and um, it'd be a real shame if that can't go ahead. But uh, you know, further on the area's European Championships, Grand Shield, and the like, the I think the problems facing venues might be the things that have to be overcome there more than anything else so um, I'd, I'd love to say i'm optimistic um, but i i, th- I think the, the challenges that we're facing could could be really really difficult to to come over overcome in the first half of next year
0: well, from looking months ahead to the short term, in fact, Saturday, September the 19th, is BBE's Brass Band Conference. This year's themes are resilience and sustainability, rather apt in these times. Kenny, how are things shaping up?
2: Um, actually, it's looking, it's looking really good. Um, obviously, we are doing it online. Um, we're actually going to be in the same building we were in last year in, in Sale in Greater Manchester at the, the Life Centre there. Um, so it's, a, it's a smashing building for it, actually, and, and we, we, we had a, a long think about where we could do it and we decided just to go back there. We, are, we have a theme, um, Resilience and Sustainability, which, believe it or not, we actually chose that pretty soon after last year's conference. Um, so we weren't, a, we, we weren't reacting to the kind of COVID times. Um, this is just a, a, a bit of happenstance, I suppose. Um, but we're, we're, um, it's never been more apt than it, than it is right now. Um, and uh, we've got a, a number of different um, presentations on during the day that we really hope will be able to add to everybody's wider band, expanding experience and, and, and enhance it for everyone in the, in the months and years ahead. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll have an opening address from Darren Henley, of the Chief Executive of the Arts Council, um, we'll, we'll get the event underway and um, Darren, of course, is a great. He's become a great supporter of brass bands. Um, in recent years, um, he actually came to our youth championships last year in, in Warwick, and he was completely bowled over by what he saw. You know, great performances by young musicians of all shapes and sizes, and um, and he was he was a convert right away um, whenever he saw that. Um, we have uh an inspiring presentation by by <laughs> what i find an inspiring organization is the amisham amersham brass band um which um has just raised four hundred thousand pounds plus to build uh, a new band room in it's um in its town and and uh I mean, when you think about the enormity of that task, to be able to pull that one off is is really remarkable. And Fred Harrison's the band chairman. He's going to come along and tell everybody how to do it. And uh, the great thing about that is if somebody can do something like that somewhere, then you can pretty much do it anywhere. Um, That is a great organisation and and we're very, very pleased to celebrate what they've done and, and let the rest of the world see how they've done it. Um, parke is going to lead a session on band resilience um, f- from a financial point of view. Um, he has uh, a thing that he does with member bands, uh, band triage session that he that occasionally does with bands to help them get themselves organised um, financially, you know, gives them a lot of tips and advice on, on how to um, go about that in the best possible way. And he'll be revealing details of the 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 national campaign that we're going to launch um during that uh, before christmas the the campaign in the lead up to christmas that we hope will, will really make a big difference to bands um after lunch we will be hosting the brass band awards brass band conference awards um the chairman of bb mike kilroy will present these um when i say present them he'll actually just tell you who's won them we will hopefully be able to present them at a later date to the to the individuals that have all won them but they're all very deserving and if, if, if anybody in your organization has um, has been nominated for one it'd be good if you can listen in and, and see if they've won it and if, if not then nominate them for one next year if you think they deserve to be in, in amongst the the, the the people who are, are being recognized for their, for their hard work and uh, their, their, their dedication towards brass bands um, over the years. Um, we have a session on digital marketing from Syed Ramad of the Arts Council. Um, so again, how to you promote your band, You know, your, your band and your events. The bands put a lot of hard work into doing things on, on the internet. Um, hopefully Syed will be able to show them a few shortcuts and, and the, the tips and tricks to make it even more successful when we do get back to some sort of normal activity. And kind of closing off today, we've got a, a discussion group on um, running and forming and running a youth band. And um, Sarah Bowman of BBE will be leading that group. There's a there's a quite a diverse panel that she's got together for that. And so they'll look into all the pros and cons of running a youth band, or the pitfalls, and, and again how to do it well. Um, and it you really, it's one of these things that you know if if your band's thinking about running, a, setting up a youth band that hopefully make a essential viewing. And if your band's not thinking of um, starting up a youth band, then maybe you've got even more reason to watch it.
0: So it sounds like it's shaping up to be a busy and hopefully very productive day. Um, we look forward to the various activities and sessions that you've just outlined. So Alex, we are rapidly approaching this year's conference. How can people get involved? So you can pre-register for the conference
1: by going to our website. We've got an event up there for for registrations. But if you don't want to register, just go to Facebook on Saturday and we'll be there as a live stream. And it will be available on catch up shortly after that as well.
0: Kenny, my final point for now goes to you. You've been in post as CEO for some time now. What is your view on how the banding public in England is engaging with BBE? As we look around the various banding communities, the ones that are doing well, that are flourishing, tend to have strong associations looking after their interests and fighting their corner. And for all, England is home to some of the best bands around and for all the rich history of its banding scene. It hasn't always had that unified presence. So how do you read the current climate?
2: Um, like you Mark, I was um, brought up in, in Scotland, um, the, the home of the Scottish Brass Band Association and um, I guess I just assumed that, that every country in the world had one of these in their, in, to, to run and promote their banding. Um, it occurred to me some years ago that England didn't and Wales didn't. Um, interestingly Wales were having a meeting last weekend to do something about it, which we've really got to be pleased about. Um, but England's never had a, a, a central body that did everything in, in brass bands in the way that Saba has done, for instance, in Scotland and the, you know, the NMF in Norway and the Swiss Brass Band Association. There's you know, a lot of great organisations there that have done sterling work for all their members, and um, I guess the, 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 the easiest way to answer your question, um, when I when I arrived in the office on the 1st of April, um uh, 2018, this just two and a half years ago now, I guess, um, there were 189 member organisations in BB, which in a banding landscape were probably over a thousand bands in, in England alone. Um, it's quite modest, really. It's quite a modest total. Um, we now have 407, I think it is, at the last count. Organisations, which actually represents about five hundred and fifty bands in total, um, so so that's a that's a fairly healthy increase over that period, and, and we're, we're we're very very pleased at that. Um, level of engagement has has managed to increase the way it has, um, but I think more than more than that, looking behind the reasons for it increasing, uh, it's, you know there is a better product there. There's more reasons for bands to want to join BBE now than there were two and a half years ago. Again, the, 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 the work of the staff and people like Alex and Sarah and um, putting together partnerships that, that that provide real benefits for the members have and, and, and having the, the wherewithal to tell everybody this is what we're doing as well has really benefited. Um, and, and, and in many ways, the organisation's never been in better shape than it is right now. Um, I say that, but I'm also recognizing that it's at a time when, when the whole world is really struggling um, with, this, um, the, with the pandemic that's going on at the moment. So, well, while, the, while the membership of uh, BBE and the, the processes and the, the product and everything that we provide is um, probably healthier than ever, unfortunately, it's it's a time when nobody's really able to make the best use of it. Um, but uh, you know a number of things like um, the child performance licensing was a was a massive issue for for a- anybody who's got any young people in their band at all, which is most organisations to be to be fair. Um, but I the amount of admin that these things were creating a year and a half ago, an absolute nightmare for any for any band secretary or any band administrator. Um, but the solution that, that, that we arrived at where the Department for Education has really revolutionised that, that particular area and in fact we've actually turned that problem into an advantage because the, the way that bands can now register their events with us if they have done the necessary training with us and, and the, they have their other procedures in place. Um, one it makes it very easy, two it gives them a free advert on our website for their event but more than anything else there's, there's about 300 bands out there now that have had brass band-specific training in safeguarding, which was one of these black hole minefields that nobody really wanted to go too deeply into before. But now we've demystified the whole thing for over 300 bands. And, and I think that is the type of thing that has really made BB a very, very relevant organisation that has contributed to... A better band and community, and that's just one of the things we've done. There are a lot of other things, but you know, we're working tirelessly to make it a better landscape for everybody um, all the time. And with the staff that we have, it seems that as soon as we make a decision to do something, they're on it right away and it's done the next day. So, you know, we can look forward to much more um, positive news stories coming out of Brass Bands England.
0: That's it for this episode of BB On The Record. Thank you to Kenny Crookston and Alex Parker of Brass Bands England, and thank you to you for listening. Remember, guidance relating to COVID-19 is changing regularly, and you should follow the guidelines being set out by the government where you live. You can enjoy a digital subscription to British Bandsmen. It costs just £42.99 for one year. Go to BritishBandsmen.com and click on subscribe. Do get in touch about anything you might have heard on the podcast. You can email info at britishbandsman.com. That's info at britishbandsman.com. As for this podcast, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Join me next time on BB On The Record. Bye for now.